Twas a long time ago, longer now than it seems, in a place that perhaps you've seen in your dreams. For the story that you are about to be told took place when Tim Burton was gold. Now you probably wonder where attractions come from. If you haven't, it's about time you begun. For attractions are the result of much hard work and fuss for the Imagineers that create them for us. Now you see now, quite simply, that's all that they do, making one unique ride, especially for you. But once came an unused idea so great, it took over another great ride, possibly by mistake. Welcome, dreamers of all ages, to another episode of Unbuilt, an unrealized theme park podcast. With me today, as always, is my co-host, Ryan Dorman. Happy holidays, good sir. Hey, I'm, I'm well, look, you got me stumbling all over myself because I want to talk about how much I like today's topic, or at least the, mm-hmm. the property of today's topic, but I know from our previous long-running conversations <laughs> that you do not have the softest spot for tim burton in the theme parks ah Um, yeah that's that's the thing it's (laughs) it's it's a very very fine line because it's like okay when you have tim burton in the theme parks it could be good it could be good but i'd say so far on tim burton in the theme parks they're they're batting a pretty low average because you have like uh we'll get into it but then you know you have the Haunted mansion holiday and you also have you know out of everything in shanghai what the alice in wonderland tim burton is that in shanghai or Hong yeah, that's, Kong? In Sh- that's in the, shanghai. The, the queen of hearts maze right yeah they basically took the maze that was in paris but instead right. of being based on the 54 or 53, I can't remember which year it was, uh, but the original animated feature, they based it on the 2010 Tim Burton version. But you're, of course, forgetting about the DCA overlay in the Hollywood area. To, remember oh, when they the did Mad that? Tea Party. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. I think they're batting a solid zero for three. Yeah. Uh, and that's, <laughs> that's, <laughs> because the Mad Tea Party before that was Electronica. And That's I right, liked yeah. Electronica way more than I liked the Mad Tea Party. Well, the, the Mad Tea Party, it was a, it was like a dance party, right? Yeah, it, but the weirdest thing about it was in the, in what used to be Hollywood and Dine, which was a food court area, which is right. pretty much yeah. nothing now. When it was Electronica, <laughs> it was a video arcade. It was supposed to be Flynn's. Right. And then when they converted to the Mad Tea Party, they ripped out all the arcade machines and they put like skee-ball and the the you know the one-shot games basically games that you usually are for ticket redemption and you'd get a prize mm-hmm. however <laughs> there was no tickets to be redeemed so you'd play skee-ball and i guess you play skee-ball for a score which <laughs> i've never who plays skee-ball ski-ball? for hey, a score hey. 
hey, you're not, you're not a skee-ball connoisseur yourself. I guess I'm not. You know, you don't <laughs> play skee-ball as just a fun little sport. Ooh, I scored in the sport. little hole in the middle. And, well, that was fun. Great game of skee-ball there. Poor Tim Burton. Mm. Poor Tim Burton. Uh, you know, I haven't thought of anything that Tim Burton has put out that has made it into like a legitimately good theme park attraction because even the six flags parks have what the like, Batman, the ride and that's oh, like just the old a movie. B- yeah. Like a B and M invert. The Warner brothers theme parks in Australia and Germany, they did have Batman simulator attraction that was okay. And were based on the Burton movies, but it is a little hard to really call Batman a Burton property. Yeah, wait, I guess? are these based on the the original films, or are they? They're they're just Batman. They're, they're, it, it's pretty much Batman, but the aesthetic is copied from the 1989 film and uh, Batman Returns. Interesting. You know the 90s. So. <laughs> And then it eventually gave way to the Joel Schumacher stuff of like Batman Forever and Batman and Robin. You know, as Let's they were stop trying beating to... up on poor Tim Burton. Mm. Your, it's, it hurts my heart. How dare you? Oh, <laughs> or should we say Henry Selleck? I guess Henry right? Selleck. Henry <laughs> Selleck. Well, that that is true. I mean, this is Tim Burton's The Nightmare Before Christmas, but but. Henry Selleck did direct it. It is kind of a one of those things. I remember when um, back on the old podcast, remember we had Blake on, and I was just thinking the same thing. Yeah, he yeah. told that story of when he was at a trivia contest, and this was a trivia contest run by Disney of all things. <laughs> and their answer was, "Who directed the Nightmare Before Christmas?" The answer was Tim Burton, and mm-hmm. Blake said, "No, no, it wasn't." It was Henry Selleck, and he got out his phone and shoved it in their face. I never... Mm. Did he say what happened after that? I, I vaguely remember that they just kind of, like, shoot him off. I don't <laughs> I don't remember it being, like, a big well, triumphant success there. I'll have to ask him later. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> you have to force him to relive that memory. Mm-hmm. Yes. Now, <laughs> before we get into our topics, I do have one question for you. The Nightmare Before Christmas, do you consider it? A Halloween film or a Christmas film? That's a great question. That's a great question, Ryan. I'm glad you asked. I think it is a Christmas movie. Yes. Oh, you're on my side. That's yeah, great. Absolutely. It's a, to me. It's like you know when uh, um, like the Muppets Christmas Carol, right? <laughs> this will make sense. I promise. The Muppets mm-hmm. Christmas Carol is a Christmas story, but the actors are like misfit Muppets. I see the Nightmare Before Christmas very similarly. That it's a Christmas yeah. story being told with characters who don't belong there. Yeah, I mean uh, and that wouldn't make sense the other way. The like they film, belong there because it's the movie, but you know they don't belong there because it's it's their they're uh, kind of out of uh yeah, out of their ha- comfort zone. <laughs> Halloween is literally over within the first three That's minutes right. of the film. That's it's right. Done. It's a big celebration. That's right. Yeah, it's done, and then we move on to Christmas. It's all about them taking over Christmas. It's a Christmas movie, but for some reason, a certain mouse corporation thinks that it is a Halloween movie too. And obviously we'll be talking about sanitized center political (laughs) Christmas movies at some point relatively soon. But the, the, it's because Christmas has like this whole sanitized view to it. It, Oh, sanitized. Mm. Um, (laughs) 
<laughs> Sorry. Oh, oh, oh. Uh, it, it has this whole, it's sanitized. It's like simple. It's very, yeah. it's very Christian. Mm-hmm. It's very good. Christ, uh, Christmas movies are very good. And the nightmare before Christmas uh, is very hot topic. Yes, <laughs> it is true. It is the most hot topic film that ever hot topic. Oh dear. God. It's like invader Zim <laughs> on the big screen. I mean, that's why, that's why we got all the stuff we got. And that's what also makes some of the topic we're going to talk about really funny <laughs> in mm. hindsight. With that said, uh, let's move on. We're, we're going to talk about one thing first before we get to our unbuilt attraction. Before we get to our main topic, I do want to talk about holidays in the theme parks. And before uh, we were just mentioning Boardwalk Talk, we used to talk about this, about the Disney parks. And while the Disney parks have a great holiday presence, and we could go on and on about it. Did you see, by the way, uh, the Disneyland uh, Christmas event, how crazy it was. I only saw the, the, the one Muppets thing that they did. Was there anything more interesting than that? Yeah, they had a ghost Goofy from oh, I did uh, see Mickey's that. Christmas right. Carol. Yeah. yeah, they had a bunch of like little classic meet and greets. Because it, it was him and uh, Scrooge. Yeah. That, you, that version of Scrooge. Right. And they also had a rave in Tomorrowland with uh, Buzz Lightyear rave dancing on the roof of the launch bay. Now, was this the real Without Buzz Lightyear or the toy? No, oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> you couldn't you couldn't resist that. I couldn't, I know, I know. Yeah, the the, the parties at Disneyland seem significantly more uh, not tacky compared mm-hmm. to those at Walt Disney World. Of course, the, the, the previous big parties were the old annual pass holder, uh, the knights uh, that mm. called back to older decades in the park. Yeah, but it is see, cool to see them pull out so many stops for the Christmas parties. Now, how many Christmas parties are there? Is it just one? Oh, there's a bunch. But they, yeah, all they do them out. every night, right? Oh, they, okay. they do like probably about 20 nights of it, but they're all okay. sold out. Oh, geez. They were no sold chance out to before. See them up it was crazy hard. because they were sold out before the first night. So everybody's flipping out about the first night and they're like, I wish I could be there. And you would like the more cynical person to me goes, Oh, these are all psyops to showcase why you should buy a ticket. But it didn't, that doesn't even make sense because you it was already sold tickets. out. You can't buy a ticket. Yeah, no, that's, it's well, obviously we have other things to talk about, but it does grow a little concerning that now at Disney, like people just buy things months in advance. 
like the mm-hmm. star cruiser like it doesn't matter how good it is they've already got their return on investment so that's true but luckily in this case it does seem like they pulled out all the stops mm-hmm. for the christmas party i and, mean um, i guess whoever has a ticket is lucky besides disney because we once again we could go on for that forever <laughs> there's also other theme parks in the world uh i know you're close to hershey park do you ever gone to any of the hershey park holiday stuff if i did i must have been incredibly young i have light uh, memories of potentially doing it when i was a child mm-hmm. but yeah it's, uh, i haven't been to hershey during christmas i don't think any other theme parks maybe. during christmas no of course not no I, I only to, i've only been to disney once during christmas too mm. so and i was three so <laughs> Oh really? So uh, no, yeah, I have mean, a lot to like, talk about then. Not even during the holiday season. Um, the earliest or the closest I've ever been to the quote unquote holiday season is January. Yeah, ah, I don't okay. think I've ever done anything in in the winter because mm-hmm. I definitely would have wanted to have seen the World of Color if I was in Disneyland oh, or the Candlelight Processional. Yeah. But those were wonderful. I have been to Universal a lot for uh, like holiday times. Uh, their Potter celebration is incredible with the projection mapping show. Oh, really? Yeah. And again, I know Harry Potter is a problematic property. We'll, we'll get that in the eventual unbuilt Harry Potter attractions episode, <laughs> which will happen. It's something we're going to discuss. Uh, and we're just going to try to not mention a certain author's name at any point but the the projection mapping show it really is pretty incredible i would suggest any of you to take a look at it anytime because it is easily the most impressive bit of projection mapping i've ever seen in my life so i really really enjoyed that they're they do base a lot of their event and the rest of the park off of the 2000s ron howard live action grinch with jim carrey which has a following which i don't understand at all i just think it's so impressive how much they've milked that i know i've seen people all over twitter be like oh it's the grinch it's his live show and it's like the movie isn't particularly very good i mean it's better than the most recent the grinch i guess you know what? I wouldn't even say that. No way. Actually, You're joking. I actually, there was, the Illumination Grinch is not a good movie. It's a it's horrible not a movie. movie. It's not a good movie. It's it's a little better than the 2000 Grinch, which I think is absolutely atrocious. Oh, come on. I just, I, there, it's, I so, saw, it's so I unlikable. Seeing... <laughs> so is the Illumination one. I saw it. It is, it is, Grinch. but it's a, just a little better. It's a little better. At mm. least, at least the Illumination Grinch is pleasant to look at. Uh, just, that's the thing. I do <laughs> enjoy some of the decor in the actual park the way they execute in the actual park is a lot of fun the whole lighting package in the area is great the twisty turvy christmas tree is a lot of fun that's a really cool aesthetic that you don't get much anywhere else uh for you know christmas trees i I really can't say about anywhere else i know knots and i've always wanted to go to the knots merry farm they actually Mm. like hold performances of a christmas carol in their uh in their theater in their little theater which is really cool that's neat. yeah i i know that you know i was asking you know if you went to any other theme parks but the around the around the country there are a lot of great uh christmas events probably in your local park wherever you are at um me in vegas i have really nothing we have the like the flm 
<laughs> Cactus Garden, which is this uh, gigantic uh, light display in this enormous cactus garden next to a chocolate factory. Hmm. Uh, so I'll actually be going to that tomorrow night. A cactus farm. Cactus Garden. It's a, it's a, a ca- you, no, 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 no. You can call it cactus farm. What do you mean? Like a Christmas tree farm. Well, no, it's it's a it's a cactus garden it's not always for christmas it's usually like it's usually a cactus garden like an arid landscape that you can walk through but why would you want to do that you already live in las vegas i i guess it's really nicely cultivated i trust Mm. me when it's not the holidays i don't see any point in its existence Uh, all i know is oh there's flm right next door but uh the actual cactus garden when it's lit up for the holidays is pretty spectacular so i'm looking forward to that what what do you do for the holidays as in go see lights or displays not much i (laughs) Wow. I sound like this. I sound like you're such a Grinch. Yeah, I know. Um, I mean, I guess uh, th- there's not much around here. I live near mm-hmm. DC. There's the there's the only thing I can think of is that there there is a place like 25 minutes away that does a Christmas light kind of drive through. Mm. It's like 35 dollars to get in. Oh. And I'm not really gonna drop 35 oh, bucks. Yeah. Near Six Flags America doesn't do anything. I I'll be honest. The last time I went to a Christmas theme park was uh, probably the Land of Make Believe when I was oh. like eight. Oh, it's 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 you know <laughs> you look with me with such pity. It's like I don't even. It's not really. I guess I like the mall. Yeah, there's like this 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 weird consumerist thing stuck with me. Is that what I like to do during Christmas is go to the movie theaters and go to Cinnabon and go to the mall, which is just like spending more money. And I always look back at that and say, why am I so nostalgic for walking around a mall? <laughs> like I'm just I'm nostalgic for a time when I would just buy shit. and uh, the Disney store is not even open. So it doesn't even exist anymore. Yeah, I guess it's just a storefront now. Oh man, what a bummer. <laughs> I remember at our mall for Christmas, they would have an animatronic bear show, which sounds a really? lot cooler than it actually was. I mean, we're uh, talking like Simpsons parody level robots <laughs> that would <laughs> like, you know, with the the gears very slowly moving, but it was still robots in a mall. That was pretty interesting. I, you know, coming to think about it, most of my Christmas in the parks memories really are from Disney. It really is. Mm. You know, Small World Holiday, which, is, by the way, is opening back up next weekend. Yeah, after I heard flooding. I thought the flood was supposed to be like pretty significant because so, they seemed like they've rather turned it around pretty quickly. What they did? Did you hear what they did? They I mean, I heard what happened, but yeah, you they to, called the audience to, to fix it. So uh, uh, there's a giant flood happened where a person accidentally released a valve open and it flooded the maintenance basement, which damaged all this equipment to fix it in time because otherwise it would have probably taken six months to a year they called every single small world in the world that's from disney world tokyo Hmm. hong kong and paris all four of them shipped out replacement parts and they were able to repair the ride with all these replacement parts from small world rides across the world. It is a small world after all. You know, oh my goodness. 
Yes. yes. I didn't even. I didn't catch on to that. Oh my mm. good! Congratulations, sir. Yeah. I think that that's uh, that's the Disney that we want. Yeah. Or the Disney that we need. A Disney that we want is that. The Disney that we have is the one that puts up a sign that says everyone needs deadlines. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. Okay, I think we've gone off topic far enough. Let's uh, move on to our main topic. Here we are for our main topic. This is going to be a little bit different than usual. So as we alluded before, this is about an unbuilt night before Christmas ride. Now, in all of our previous shows, we've always talked about something that the actual company that, you know, was in charge of these theme parks or destinations or resorts or whatever you know, they financed a, a put an exploratory committee or designers would craft something for them. And they actually considered making this. This one's a little different. Uh, this one is a little bit more like armchair Imagineering, but it comes from an actual Imagineer. Do you think it counts? You think it counts? I mean, why do what else would count? <laughs> That's true. That is true. So before we start, I just wanted to ask, you do like the Nightmare Before Christmas, yes? Yes. Oh, I yes. love it. It's one of my Good. favorites. Absolutely. Perfect. So, so do I. I. I do love this movie. It is wonderfully charming. Uh, but let's get into what it is. So, in 1982, Tim Burton was an animator at Walt Disney Feature Animation and came up with a poem titled The Nightmare Before Christmas, inspired by television holiday specials of the 60s. The poem described Jack Skellington of Halloween Town discovering Christmas and gleefully taking it over. Disney briefly considered making a television special, but shelved it for the fear that it was, quote unquote, too weird. Hmm. In 1984, Burton was fired from Disney, but immediately got the job offered to direct Pee Wee's Big Adventure. From there, his career skyrocketed to the point that he was able to get Disney to agree and finance and produce. The Nightmare Before Christmas, as a full-length stop-motion feature. Burton would be the producer and handed the directing reins off to Henry Selleck due to prior commitments. The film debuted in October 1993 to middling success, a short but quick-witted musical with brilliant stop-motion effects, vivid sets, memorable songs, and a sharp look that was Raskin Bass meets German Expressionism. As in the poem, the realm of different holidays was explored, with Jack Skellington, the Pumpkin King, bored of Halloween, finding the door to Christmas Town. Enchanted and perplexed, he deduces his funk can be remedied by giving Santa Claus a break this year and taking over Christmas himself. Of course, this all goes horribly wrong as people reject Jack's twisted take on Christmas, forcing him to save the day. Throughout the 90s, Nightmare Before Christmas quickly rose in cult status due to home video sales and TV viewings. 
by the 2000s, it was a bona fide cult hit in both Hot Topic and in <laughs> and in the Disney parks. However, in 1995, an aspiring Imagineer saw fit to give Nightmare its own ride. Christopher Merritt was a student seeking to become an Imagineer, which he eventually would. He would go on to design rides such as Pooh's Honey Hunt and Sinbad in Tokyo, Ariel's Undersea Adventure, and Radiator Springs Racers in Disney's California Adventure. Stepping outside of Disney for the DreamWorks lands in Universal Studios Singapore and returning the work on various Shanghai Disneyland and Tokyo Park projects. He would also pen Not Preserved and Mark Davis in his own words along with Beat Doctor, which I own both of and they are amazing books. Yet when he was trying to get hired, Christopher sketched a proposal for an attraction based on Nightmare Before Christmas. An executive looked at it and immediately balked, Nobody likes this movie. We'll never make that. <laughs> we should uh, send that to the Poorly Aged Things Twitter account. Oh. <laughs> in the proposed attraction, guests would wander into the forest with differently labeled holiday doors and transfer into Halloween Town. Passing by the town square, they could drink from a water fountain that just happened to have a guillotine hanging above guests' heads. They would then enter Graveyard, where they boarded suspended ride vehicles that were shaped like Jack's coffin sleigh in the films. You can kind of see that in the art that I have in there. It's a really cool looking design. Hmm. Pretty much like yeah, it's Peter really Pan. Intricate. But, mm-hmm. oh, so, yeah. So, Sorry, so is you... the right. Uh, I, no, that's all right. You're, obviously, you're going to discuss a little bit more. But it, yeah, it does seem like it's, it's very similar to Peter Pan, just moving through Peter- these full scale immersive dioramas. Right. Taking place shortly after Jack returns from Christmas Town, guests would glide over the main square and into Town Hall where Jack sings the town meeting song, showing off Christmas. Then we would pass over Sally trapped in Dr. Finkelstein's tower and into the doctor's lab where he makes a skeleton flying reindeer. A diversion through the forest takes us to Oogie Boogie's lair, where we are menaced by Lock, Shock, and Barrel. We dive deeper in the Oogie Boogie's dungeon as he tortures Santa Claus, then fly through a recreation of the film's climax as Jack defeats Oogie Boogie. Through the cemetery gate, we've transitioned into the finale, a snowy graveyard as the Halloween Town citizens play and Jack and Sally embrace. We return to the load area and disembark. Christopher even designed the placement of the ride, curiously, to the right of It's a Small World and Fantasyland at Disneyland. Strange bedfellows, but Small World is right next to Haunted Mansion at the Magic Kingdom. Of course, as said above, the executives shot it down, but the happy ending is that Christopher did make it as a fantastically talented Imagineer. In 2001, a Nightmare Before Christmas attraction of sorts made it into the parks as a temporary Haunted Mansion holiday, where the characters take over the famous mansion every September through January. That is in (laughs) Disneyland and at Tokyo Disneyland. Now we ask, what if? What if an executive had amazing precognitive powers and saw the massive merchandising success Nightmare Before Christmas would eventually become? Would Haunted Mansion be spooky in Halloween? Would this still exist? Would it be overkill? Would it go elsewhere? What are we thinking here? Oh, man, I have so many thoughts. First one is definitely that, like, it seems like the death of, like, any real creativity in art art executives. I mean, <laughs> as if we, we didn't know that, right? We didn't know that already with, you know, recent discussions of mm-hmm. 
current people and the the executive positions. But it does seem like I don't know. Obviously, I can't go back to before I was born. I also can't go back right. to a time before the movie was popular. But it, it does seem like an incredible lack of foresight because the design of the attraction, if it was built like in this level and, you know, being realistic, this is the late 90s and early 2000s of the Walt Disney Company. Uh, mm-hmm. So it's not, you know, it's not realistic that this thing would have received a significantly high budget, but it could right. have been a rather simple old callback dark ride. Mm-hmm. which was more technologically complex. Yeah, I think it definitely would have been, except for the placement in Fantasyland, I think that it definitely would have been a perfect fit for for the park. And when I mean placement, I mean next to uh, Small World. Which where, was, Is that where like the gummy bear boats were? Is that what it's yes, saying? Yes, that's, that is okay. where the motorboat cruise is. Right. Or was. I shouldn't say the gummy bear. <laughs> that's evil. That's, it, that's, it was it was gummy a bear. gummy bear. It, like they <laughs> yeah. had a gummy bear layover in the last years of its life. Right. So, so you're, would you're it be like replacing that yeah, water feature? Be, pretty much you're replacing that. And okay. the, the way that they make it look, it this is a fairly small attraction looking at right. the, the layout and everything like that. I would have to imagine it would be like Peter Pan, although that is kind of an odd thing because the the, the way the reason why Peter Pan and Mr. Toad and Pinocchio and Snow White, the reason why they work is because there's not too much of a grand setup to it. Hmm. You're in it, it's it's pretty much designed like your average carnival or amusement park dark ride where you're standing in an outdoor queue and then you board it and you go through doors and you experience the attraction through bus bar peter pan is a little bit of a twist on it because you're suspended but the effect is mostly the same the setup is simple so you're expecting a simple ride in this there's a fairly elaborate setup Mm -hmm. where you journey into an environment when you journey into an environment, your expectations are that your ride experience will match that. So if this was simply just, you know, to give a different comparison, the Monsters, Inc. ride at DCA, where they're just bobbing heads and it's very simple and right. not really complex. I feel like that would have given a different tone to it now if they did this and it was bonkers crazy and the animatronics were very fluid and the sets were very impressive that would be a lot different right yeah in this case if they had like a a static jack skellington that just kind of stood there and said and did that this this would have been dead in the water and of course at the time it seems like by the financial restrictions it probably would have looked like that Mm -hmm. you know because i'm looking at um i look at the ride and of course you know with with the gift of hindsight well Mm -hmm. hindsight and foresight uh christopher merritt going on to do specifically ariel's undersea adventure is that what it's called Mm -hmm. yeah yeah the little mermaid ride as everyone calls it um (laughs) they're very similar they're very similar in idea right that you you and you get on your ride vehicle and then you enter the world you follow through bits and bits of the narrative and you get spit out at the end Mm -hmm. right so in that case the ride of course has its share of static animatronics but it would require in both in both cases they they do use some pretty 
decently impressive technology to their benefit mm. to to make the attraction better. Now, Ariel, of course, as memory might serve everyone listening, is not the most technologically impressive attraction in the park. But there's little bits and pieces, specifically uh, Ursula, right, which is rather yeah, impressive I, when her head's the, go on. The, I would say that there are there's there's a few great animatronics in there. Yeah. They, the first aerial animatronic, you had Sebastian, which is really well done. Ursula. Right, true. You had the two Scuttle animatronics, which are really good. I, I yeah, would have oh, the Scuttle ones that, are not bad. Yeah, I, I would have to argue that is much more of a dynamic one than you would expect. But it yeah, is true. It, it does suffer from an underwhelming ending. Which is that's well, that's the main problem with that attraction. Then it's also another thing I wanted to mention in California Adventure. The queue is rather simple, so yeah. it allows you to set you up for a more simpler queue. The Magic Kingdom one is a very elaborate queue that really sets you into that environment. And mm-hmm. when the attraction you get on it, it's a little bit more underwhelming than it should be. You're probably yeah, expecting a much, a something much, much longer and much more vivid. Like the entire ending of that attraction should be bigger. Right. Well, I, I think the, the, the through line between the two of them is that the, the both of them require rather extravagant theming on the attraction itself. Right. But this, this, because the theme of the nightmare before Christmas is so unique, right. You would have to do an incredible job on bringing those, visuals into into reality right and more more appropriately and additionally looking at these show scenes they couldn't get away with one ursula one ariel a couple scuttles it seems like every Mm -hmm. scene would need a complex animatronic every Mm -hmm. time jack was on screen every time sally was was there you know oogie boogie in particular but that clearly isn't an issue right i i think that (laughs) just 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 steal the same idea That's what they did in this in Hol- uh, Haunted Mansion Holiday. Wait, what did they reskin? Okay, so in Haunted Mansion Holiday, mm-hmm. at the end where the hitchhiking ghosts usually are, is a big as a oogie boogie animatronic. It was right. put there in two thousand three. Was it two thousand two or two thousand three? I think it was two thousand three. Yeah, and it is a reskin of the Big Al animatronic from the Country Bear Jamboree. Is it really? I it mean, is. I guess yeah, that makes sense. They're pretty mm-hmm. similar, I guess. Right yep. there, you just need like a big fat mm-hmm. character, right, and just put exactly. a tarp over him. Yeah, um, yeah. I think that this, if they did their due diligence, right, and this is one of those cases like the Muppets Great Movie Ride, mm-hmm. <laughs> bastardized title. <laughs> this is one of those instances where we look at the concept art. And what's being promised is a lot and it's really impressive and really cool, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Had this not come out like that, I could I could see two universes. One where this is a rather long, complex, dark ride that's thematically intricate and technologically impressive. And another one where it ends up like Mike and Scully. Scully. Mike Scully. and Sully, where you're driving through static images in a ride that feels like it's two minutes long. Mm-hmm. And you hop off and you say, this is so boring. It's so not interesting. It would have to have that kind of, uh, it's, uh, the, the, the ride I would say would be best compared to would be a more complex Roger Rabbit. Because that ride almost mm. feels like it has a narrative, right? Yeah. It feels much longer than it is just because 
you're constantly engaging with some kind of a plot to 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 stay around for a long time this would definitely have to devote a lot of its time to theming and world building and design mm-hmm one thing I did notice, which is interesting, is that this takes place halfway through the story. It's true. And I'm guessing Christopher thought of this as, well, we need something that's a little bit more action-filled. And the early scenes of Jack moping around really <laughs> don't lend themselves to anything that translates well to a ride. But what I did find interesting is the, the better, what I think that would be the better idea, you hop on the sleigh. And instead of going into the city hall, you cross through the main square and then you swerve and then dive into a Christmas tree. And then one of the, the, you know, the Mm -hmm. door with the Christmas tree on it, you go into Christmas town and you get that big, what's this number. Right. Cause I, 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 a hundred percent, that's, that's something that it's missing here. Yeah, kind of like, kind of like uh, Little Mermaid a little bit is that the the beginning is very quiet, right? And you get like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously you get part of your world, right? But yeah, it's only pieces of part of your world, if I'm correct. It's not like a full. Yes. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you just hear a little bit of it. Right. So the, like that, it would be a lot of uh, build up, build up, build up, and then bam, like right into the Christmas thing. I think that would have been a much, mm-hmm. I agree with you. That would have been a good place to start it is that you you go through, you get your Halloween theming, and then seemingly mm-hmm. you'd be introduced to Jack in the Christmas town, right? Yeah. Yeah, now, that would be a good idea. The question is, and, and, and if you've noticed, the Ariel's Undersea Adventure ride is primarily based around the musical sequences. That's True. the whole idea of it, is that they are putting you into the musical sequences of the film. When you go and start, you actually hear fathoms below. That's when Scuttle is first talking, you hear fathoms below on there. You descend, hear part of your world, then under the sea, poor unfortunate souls immediately rise, kiss the girl, and then the attraction goes into part of your world reprise. So it hits mm-hmm. all the beats for the musical musical numbers. This is not really going for the musical numbers. It's instead following the through line of the film in the more action scenes and the more visually interesting scenes what we have to consider is is nightmare before christmas less about those musical number songs or is it more about its action because the something that i know i learned from the research is the story they they had a lot of problems with screenwriting So Burton and Danny Elfman devised it to where the songs would make two thirds of the film's running time. The film's running time is actually two thirds songs. I don't know that. It doesn't feel like it. You maybe in memory about it, but yeah, yeah. it's two thirds of it is songs, and it's a very short film. I think it's only seventy six minutes or something like that. It is very short. Credits. So it's very short. So it's not hard to imagine that about 40-ish minutes of it is songs. The movie, I feel, is most memorable in those song sequences. And really the only thing that is not a song sequence heavy thing is really like the Oogie Boogie climax. And, you know, that's the only really memorable. What about you? I I mean, so it's, it's a little bit difficult to say because in hindsight, or at least in the moment when I'm like watching the film, I can't mm-hmm. say that the songs are my favorite part. 
In fact, okay. if anything, they might be like my least favorite part. Ah. Which which isn't to say that they're bad, right? But more to say that like I think the visuals are the most important part of the Nightmare Before Christmas. I think you could eliminate yeah. the you could eliminate the music and I'd still like it. That isn't to say that I don't okay. like the music. I think I hum Hoogie Boogie Boogie song like but, once but or twice a day. Do you think <laughs> do you think those sequences are iconic? Is what I'm asking. So I think besides besides what's this no. Oh, no, I, really? I think you can, not even I, this I, is Halloween or I, I think like, well, mm, this is Halloween might be one, too. That's a good point. I'm mm-hmm. trying to think what's this, I think, is like definitely almost the cornerstone of the film. Yes. I, and, and that's that's a glaring omission from this. Right. For sure. I think that well, the Christmas town is a glaring omission from this. There is a part in it. If you look, there is like a gingerbread. No, no, there's not. I'm trying to see. Is there in, in any Christmas town at all? I don't think no, there's so. There's none because the whole no. idea, and I think this is what uh, Merritt was going for, mm-hmm. is that we build up to the snow. And the snow is. Oh, like at the snow. very end. Yeah. And I think that's what he was going for. But the attraction misses a lot if you never go into Christmas town. I feel that's like well, something that people would be wanting to see. Yeah. Well, it's an interesting. It's interesting because it seems like he's supposing that the more iconic aspects of the film are the Halloween parts, right? Mm-hmm. I, I would say so. I'd say that in, by his design, he seems to be like, okay, people come to the Nightmare Before Christmas for the cool German expression Halloween stuff. Yeah. We'll have a Halloween ride, right? And Christmas is just something that comes to Halloween town. Right. In fact, I almost it almost seems like going back to our initial discussion. This is more mm-hmm. of a Halloween ride than it is a Christmas ride. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's it, the 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 snow is certainly there. I, I wonder what the the fear was with doing Christmas time. Maybe it's just too big. Like it would have just been too big of an undertaking to do a full show scene. Maybe though. I doubt he was. He was probably not really thinking about budget limitations he was probably just trying to be like okay how do i make a how do i make a strong story Mm -hmm. and this not to be absolutely out of control and i i think he was looking to show some off something that's workable i think you could cut out i mean obviously i don't need to tell imagineer how to do his job but you could cut out the city hall and finkelstein's lab I, I actually and, slightly disagree with that. I think you could cut out Finkelstein's lab. The city hall thing is a cool concept because and it's and it's also where he introduces it to them. Now, but I think you get yeah. the I think you'd get the idea. I think you know perhaps if you want to, you could take the beginning scene the, mm-hmm. of the 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 empty. Uh, sorry, the plaza mm-hmm. and do your this is Halloween there, and then perhaps pass. Yeah. Into Christmas Town, do a full Christmas Town scene there, come back. And I would say you could probably condense a couple scenes by having Jack in his Christmas outfit at City Hall. Like it's not, you know, accurate yeah. to the film, mm-hmm. right? But you could condense a lot of stuff, throw yeah. Sally into the beginning of the attraction. Did you notice the slight, I would say, homage to other attractions? Uh, if you look after Finkelstein's lab, you go mm-hmm. through a forest and you're kind of weaving through these trees, which right. is a which is sort of this interesting callback to Snow White's scary adventures. Mm. I'm not sure if it's I don't think it's an enchanted wish anymore uh, where you're going through the forest and you it's the scary trees. Stuff like that. Uh, it's kind of like remember. it's kind of like building and it's kind of evocative. And there's sort of this 
it's the same idea also in Ariel's Undersea Adventure for a transition. We go through um, Under the Sea and we go into Ursula's Lair and Flotsam and Jetsam are kind of like over us and, you know, mm-hmm. preening to us. So it seems sort of transitional element where we're like, oh, two Oogie Boogie's lair. And then we go in and we have this scene with Lock, Shock and Barrel kind of tormenting us. And that's when we go through this gigantic sequence of Oogie Boogie, which, again, is very visually interesting. I would have to assume that they would do a lot of this through similar ways of doing the Madame Leota room where, Mm -hmm. you know, it's a lot of black and a lot of wires and stuff hanging on the walls and black light everywhere. It's, it's a very good idea for a dark ride scene for sure. I, I want to adjust something that I said previously. Now that I think about it, I think it would be weird to go through the lock shock and is it with Benny? Was barrel, barrel, barrel. Lock shock and barrel. I think it's, it's a play on lock shock and barrel. Yeah. So anyways, the, the three, it would be weird to go through that scene without hearing the, the, Kidnap Santa Claus. Santa Claus. Yeah, that's right. right. Or even hearing Jack's jazz kind of theme when Sally is at Finkelstein's lab, or mm-hmm. Oogie Boogie with his titular song. Right. I think like, that the music is pretty iconic. Yeah, it I, seems I, like the way you'd have to do this is the way that they did Ariel, which is just yeah. to go through various musical scenes. Yeah, I think you you've won me over uh, just by mm-hmm. thinking about it because I, I you know as much as. The story of Nightmare Before Christmas is valuable, but like you're saying, it's a lot of the story is told through the music. Like most of the dialogue scenes in Nightmare Before Christmas are just like passive dialogue scenes. When something's actually happened, someone's probably singing about it. Right. Um, so it's it's a little odd. I mean, I presume that that's what his goal was, but that makes me wonder if like if that scenes that wouldn't have music in it should have just been nixed, like mm-hmm. the forest, like Finkelstein's lab for the most part. Mm-hmm. And frankly, like the city hall, even though it seems like you are partial to that one. I like it because I like the transition. I like you going through the city hall and past the the demonstration, because I think that's a that is a very pivotal moment, because that is when the two meet for everybody else, because I think mm, in Nightmare true. Before Christmas, the whole idea is that Jack thinks he understands Christmas and he's probably the only one with a pure enough heart to really get it, but nobody else does. Mm -hmm. And when he introduces that part, it's everybody else that misinterprets it. I mean, he does misinterpret things as well, but I think he is the only one who understands the spirit of Christmas. So nobody else does. And that's why I think it's extremely pivotal that we know that Jack tries to introduce us and they don't get it. And that's what ultimately makes it fall apart. Yeah, that's true. I think I, I, to me, the pacing is just a little odd because if you were to put, it seems like the natural place to put Christmas Town would be to be where I don't know how you'd get there, but you would be. Well, that's the thing. You would you would have to start out. You have to start there. You start out. You you go into the forest. This is where the forest part should be. Right. You go back, and I know that's that's the thing. It's like a little 
you're backtracking as this is radiator springs racers where you go through and you're back in the town and we're, weren't we just walking down the town to get to this ride right <laughs> and you walked through the forest and you went through the the tree and you went into it and now we're going back through it but that would be the the that would be the you most ideal the one entrance Right, because if you you want to p- pull through Halloween Town, you get the famous little scarecrow. You see it, see the mm-hmm. maybe see city, or honestly, what might be able you could do like a like a flying over the city, kind of like London and Peter Pan, and then yeah, go to the forest. True. Go to the forest, go in there, do your big what's this scene, mm-hmm. pull out. Then you're like deeper in Halloween Town. Go to the city hall, and by yeah. then you would resume on the diagram, probably around where lock shock and barrel are. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then from there, the ride, cause the, cause I, it just seems like, yeah, there's, there's parts of this ride. In fact, the, the totality of this ride is, is rather complex and intricate. And just mm-hmm. looking at what's been designed to have this in a theme park would be incredible. Right. That said it's missing. It's missing a couple story beats. Well, yeah. And then that's understandable. Well, it's understandable, um, but it's it's like there's like, for example, right? Like Ariel doesn't need the scene with the chef or whatever. Or, yes, or the scene with the sisters. That's the only song that they don't do is Les Poisons. And most likely because it's just be our guest before be our guest. <laughs> well, it's it's also, yeah, it's just, but they don't need scenes with the sisters. They don't need. They, they mm-hmm. can, you can condense a lot of it, but you have to get if you're going to condense things, you have to condense to like just significant story beats, right? And I think that it's admirable of trying to stick strictly to Halloween Town. It keeps things rather thematically consistent. Mm-hmm. Now, what's confusing to me is that you're entering in a forest with a pumpkin thing on it, but like, where's the forest? I. <sighs> Are we know. are we starting in the, maybe we're starting in the Christmas Town forest? I guess that's 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 the well they really they that is a really confusing part because I don't <laughs> know how that stuff works and I don't think I don't think Tim Burton or Henry Selleck really thought about it too hard. Well, no, but it seems like every world has like its own forest, right? Yeah, I guess. Like, so. I mean, that seems like the implication is that every every world you can mm-hmm. go into doors and go to different halloween worlds or whatever yeah or different holiday worlds but it's it's there must be some there must be a disney world in everyone oh my god oh god it's got some <laughs> castle on it or just mickey mouse series i guess it would just be it's the, a big it's a big dollar sign mm. oh yeah it will be a, it would definitely be there definitely be at this time at this time in imagineering there'd be a massive hidden mickey door or something like that and then there'd Probably. be like 50 books in the gift shop that's like secret hidden mickeys <laughs> Is there any hidden Mickey's in this concept? Don't I can't see. <laughs> no, probably. That's uh, that's how he's no. gonna get the job, right? No, I, I. It's yeah. As as an attraction. Now again, obviously we 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 do this kind of every time, but we have to be like rather consistent here. The likelihood of it coming out as perfect as we see it here is it's very not, limited. No, it's not, and it's it's especially for the time. Mm-hmm. You know, we've seen and, Haunted Mansion Holiday. That's what right. that was the level of stuff you were going to get around late nineties, early two thousands. True, true. So that that debuted in two thousand one. So if right. this got built, we wouldn't have that, which is interesting because I'm not sure if you're aware of this, but they wanted to do a Christmas layover of Haunted Mansion before Nightmare Before Christmas was considered. And can you guess what it was going to be? Um, I, okay, I can have, is it, was it going to be Mickey's Christmas Carol? That's the best. I oh, can you are very close. It wouldn't mm. have been Mickey 
but it would have been a Christmas Carol. And the idea was going to be that Scrooge and the ghosts of Christmas past, present and future would be seen through visions in the uh, in the ride. So I don't know about that one. Yeah. So I'm <laughs> guessing that you would see past and Scrooge flying through the endless hallway. Um, they would lay over some of those scenes. The present scene would be in uh, Fezziwig's. Fezziwig's ball mm-hmm. would be in the ballroom. That would be present. Future would be located in the attic. And then the graveyard would be Scrooge rejoicing and having been rehabbed habilitated which is interesting because well i mean what do you know it should be that scrooge would be in the future would be in the graveyard right yeah it would be well you there, it should be because that's where the, it that's where that's where the christmas carol literally ends uh, I mean, so the, how the, much of the ride would they change it seems like they would change a lot like you would have to remove everything <laughs> else right or would it just be little cameos i'm guessing it would be like vignettes Right, but if you already have a bunch of animatronics in, for example, the dining room scene, right? Mm-hmm. If you want to turn that into Fezziwigs. Yeah, I have no idea what they would do. Or like, <laughs> would, you, would there be like the scene with Christmas past and then Madame Leota and then I back to the Christmas know. Carol? I have no it's just idea. a really bad idea. I don't know, um, but it was basically briefly considered. Yeah, Which, I can't I say mean, it, it, I love it, it. It makes sense on a small level. On a small level, it yeah. makes sense. Well, yeah, uh, it's the classic Christmas ghost story. And yeah, the haunted mansions so, are, you know, gothic ghost stuff. I mean, even if they did that, I don't think it would have lasted as long as Haunted Mansion Holiday ever has. No. It would have been a one-time wonder. And we would get Haunted Mansion for Halloween. You are on the East Coast. Mm-hmm. So you have less or almost no familiarity with Haunted no. Mansion Holiday. No, it's something I want to see. but you Something know, you want to see. Now, yeah. if... Haunted Mansion Holiday was transported onto the East Coast. Do would you see yourself not liking it or disliking a little bit more? Well, so I I don't particularly. It's an interesting case because living on the East Coast, I prefer Disneyland's Haunted Mansion, but I've okay. never seen the Haunted Mansion Holiday. So it's okay. an interesting middle ground where, on one hand, I wouldn't care if they did it on Florida because I don't really care about the Haunted Mansion here, mm-hmm. and uh, so I'm so. Uh, as a consequence, I'm okay with what they do in Disneyland because I've never seen it. Like, it's still fresh to me. But I can totally understand where everyone's coming from who lives in Cali in the West Coast, where every couple of months their haunted mansion gets turned into a sideshow. Yeah. <laughs> and, and it hasn't been, it has not been updated. Well, I mean, it has, but very limited updates mm-hmm. in, in 20, wow, 21, 20 years this year. Yeah. So, what well, the thing that. Uh... <sighs> There's there's certain things that bother me about Haunted Mansion Holiday. First off, it it is so poorly lit it, because it's super bright. They take that mansion and in order to right. do these effects and to these sets, they need to brighten it. And the whole thing about the Haunted Mansion is that these effects work in the dark. That's mm-hmm. how they were designed. Right. That's how... They Imagineers like Mark Davis and Claude Coates, that's how they designed them. They weren't designed to be brightly lit, but whatever. Second, it's too much of a mishmash 
of all these differing ideas. The thing I like about this unbuilt Nightmare Before Christmas attraction is that it is solely focused on the look of Nightmare Before Christmas, whereas mm-hmm. Haunted Mansion Holiday is trying to do three things at once. One, it's trying to be a holiday overlay of the Haunted Mansion. Two, it's trying to inject the look and style of the Nightmare Before Christmas characters. And three, it's also really, really obsessed with the idea of Halloween and Christmas together in a way that really wasn't so basically focused on a Nightmare Before Christmas because what they were doing is they were doing this very specific style of Burton German expressionism meets Raskin Bass. That that was the mm-hmm. idea. You take these two diametric styles and you mash them together. Haunted Mansion Holiday thinks that it's cool of, well, what if a Christmas tree looked like Halloween tree and there were pumpkins, <laughs> but they were the singing bus and the pumpkins were singing. And then we had these angel snow pumpkins. And it's like... This isn't the nightmare before Christmas. This is your own weird idea because you couldn't do everything that night before Christmas has because you're not in Halloween town. You're at the haunted mansion. So again, it's it's trying all these ideas at once and it doesn't really gel together for me. And and no, I I have a lot. I know exactly what you mean. Mm -hmm. It's inconsistent. I mean, and what I've seen, I, first off, I just like the nightmare before Christmas. So that's definitely, uh, why I'm interested in seeing it. Oh yeah. I can understand um, wanting to see it once, but, uh, every year for the past 20 years, oh boy. Yeah. It's, it's every year for the past 20 years. Definitely. And, and you know, there's certainly some validity to that, that it's become a rather cheap, a cheap bastardization of two properties instead of one. It's not yeah. only limiting to the haunted mansion, but it really doesn't capture any of what, the nightmare before christmas is trying to do excluding Mm -hmm. the the characters right there's no reason for the the it's still the haunted mansion weirdly i think that's the oddest part is that it's not Mm -hmm. like it's a special you know nightmare before christmas story it's like these characters are in the haunted mansion that you already Mm -hmm. know yeah and it's and it's it's i guess i get that but you're right there's a lot of like early 2000s disney just kind of cheap tricks and by by, like Mm -hmm. the oh it's halloween and christmas there's your combination Here's this right. for four months. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think in, in a world where this was built, there would definitely not be definitely not be a nightmare before Christmas on a mansion holiday. Right. Because why would there be? Because the only reason it exists currently is for merchandise. You know, it's still oh, popular as hell. Yeah. I mean, you go right. into La Bat the La Rouge and even in and that's the thing. The ironic thing is Haunted Mansion merchandise is also a really big seller. So now there's Absolutely. two things conflicting. It's like the Haunted Mansion merchandise versus the versus the Nightmare Before Christmas merchandise. The really cool thing about going to Magic Kingdom in ha- October was I got to ride the Haunted Mansion during the Halloween season. And it was the Haunted Mansion. It wasn't Haunted Mansion holiday, which right. is like, oh, but it is Halloween. I feel like that Thor Jeff. Is it, though? <laughs> really i don't know there's, there's some christmas stuff in there and i don't know when you give me christmas I, i'm sorry i think christmas and that's why night before christmas is a christmas movie to mm, me absolutely i think halloween should exclusively stay halloween but whatever, <laughs> that's that's just that's just me 
it's uh the funny thing is is that speaking of that merchandise it doesn't seem to have caught on as strongly in florida oh, you know the haunted mansion merchandise Mori. oh my goodness memento mori is so small and there's never anyone in there it's a surprise i guess disneyland fans are it's weird disneyland fans are much 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 more uh they revere that attraction much more the haunted right. mansion mm-hmm. and yet they are also the ones who are seemingly the most excited to have it change to <laughs> you know <laughs> Not- skellington not if you're Ryan Gosling. That's that's probably what lost. Oh, I remember that video. Yeah. Guillermo del Toro Haunted Mansion movie. The execs saw that and they're like, "What, oh, oh, Guillermo? Uh, uh, yeah, don't 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 catch me not caring about the new Haunted Mansion movie. Mm. Catch me going to see the new Guillermo del Toro uh, Museum of the Weird movie. <laughs> <laughs> that's basically what his new movie is." Pretty it's, much uh, like sideshows and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, well, he said he says he's still, so he's still working on Haunted Mansion. So, oh, I'm yeah, surprised. okay, sure, he is. Yeah, he's still, and he's still working on in at the Mountain of Madness, and he's still, you know, yada yada yada. Mm-hmm. I'm surprised more that Disney has yet to do any sequels to Nightmare for Christmas. Um, well, no, okay, so they actually tried. <laughs> they was in, the nightmare on christmas late, uh, monster vacation <laughs> so in the late 2000s they actually tried to convince tim burton to make a sequel uh hmm. but they would i'm not joking they wanted to use computer animation and not oh. frank stepped in and said no absolutely not no way uh they did produce a sequel though for the PlayStation, PlayStation 2. PlayStation 2. It's Ogie's Revenge. That's yeah. right. Yeah. And the and, Game Boy. <laughs> and in that game, I believe it's just some story where uh, Jack goes off to like St. Patrick's Day land and Oogie Boogie comes back to life and he comes back and deals with that. S. You know, he's like, oh, I guess I got to deal with this. That's, that's just it. Kingdom Hearts. That's just yeah. the. <laughs> I think that the. I mean, obviously, so so running down like if this existed, right? Like, let's say this existed. There's no Haunted Mansion holiday guaranteed, but I also think it wouldn't be nearly as good as we're saying it is. You know, we're de- we have to deal with context of the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I don't think it would ignoring like the general thematic issues that you and I were just going over when looking through the concept art. Disney at the time was probably going to skimp out a bit on the animatronics. You know, the, the theme park market was headed downhill, right? So already, you know, it was probably unlikely they were going to build a full-on dark ride to the scale of something like a more modern attraction. That mm-hmm. said, had the attraction been built more recently, right, or even been built now, I think it would be pretty fantastic. Mm-hmm. I think that it's this is an idea that really shouldn't have fallen by the wayside because I don't see any, like, actual problem with it. If it was built according to what was planned here with minor changes, right, from what we were talking about before, it would be – it would definitely have been an incredible ride. Yeah. Though I'm, I'm confused about where it would go. Yeah. That's the only – kind of one of my final points is that in, it, I don't necessarily know how much it, it makes sense in Fantasyland. But I don't know where else it would go. Yeah, exactly. Honestly, like the only place I could kind of see it is like maybe by the wooded area near Haunted Mansion. Critter Country? Well, obviously you would close Critter Country, right? Ah, yeah. Okay. Splash Mountain. In that case, well, well, obviously, yeah. Splash Mountain is a bit annoying there. Because it has mm-hmm. to go, I think the best place for it to go would be a place in the woods. You know what they should do? Just yeah. put it in that wooded area of Galaxy's Edge, right there. 
with the no music. <laughs> so, Just have a so right next to Rise of the Resistance, there's randomly yeah, that's right. Nightmare Before Christmas. Yeah, you go walk into a tree. Mm. Who's to say that the Star Wars universe and the Nightmare Before Christmas universe aren't one and the same? That's true. I mean, give it twenty years and they'll be doing the stuff. M- like the this. MCU and Star Wars universe does also exist together. For what if is that so? Well, it, there was a scene in What If where one of the characters they were going through the multiverse, and one of the multiverses was Mustafar. <laughs> Uh, uh. <laughs> I knew you were going to groan at that. <sighs> Synergy land. Yeah. <laughs> I have, I think that was just a cute Easter egg, but <sighs> no matter where this attraction or when it was made, we can both agree on one thing. And that is that the gift shop would have been, it would have been <laughs> successful. Uh, it would have been a little mini hot topic. They would have set up That's shop right. there. Yeah, you, it would be hard. It would be scary. There'd be so many, mm. so many emo kids fighting for the bone <laughs> daddy pillows. <laughs> and by the way, Jack Skellington, uh, walk around character, worst walk around character. Oh my character god! Ever. I hate yeah, it. it. Just narrowly beats Buzz Lightyear. I'd say. Oh. Um, <laughs> but they, they can't update that. They, they, seriously, in 2021, they can't update it. It just know. doesn't make much sense. Well, okay, actually, 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 when they did the Mickey's Not So Scary show, right yeah, before with the COVID, puppet. yeah, yeah, that was fantastic. That was really good. And obviously, that's not practical for meet and greet, right? Because it was probably mm-hmm. rather expensive. But the puppet looked really, really good. So they are capable, one hundred percent capable, of getting a really, really good Jack Skellington going in the parks. Mm-hmm. Now, yeah. now he has no reason to be in that show. Did you ever see a video of that show? Yes, I did. Really good. It's show. so weird. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was really good. But he, Jack Skellington walks in and says, "This is the story of Mickey Mouse," and then goes away yeah. for the entire it's, show. It is strange. It's just to show <laughs> this thing off. Yeah, um, it's really cool. So it, you know, there's certainly they certainly know what they're talking about here. But if you've never seen it, it's like a guy almost had like a big marshmallow glued to his face. Yeah, because you could see awful. the human jaw. And it yeah, kind of like jaw is underneath and it just none of it looks like Jack Skellington. I'm like surprised people was like, yeah, that's Jack Skellington. I was like, is it though? Again, that yeah, if you weren't told, is you it though? Know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it's everyone, you know, knows. Oh, that's the Jack Skellington. Once someone tells you, you're like, I, I guess, mm-hmm. I guess. Yeah. it's lazy, though. It's pretty bad. OK, so do we want this attraction? Build it or not? I would say I'm glad it wasn't built then. However, I think that it would be something really cool to build now. I don't know where they'd put mm-hmm. it. I don't know how they'd do it. But I, I do think, yeah, absolutely. This would be a fantastic addition to the parks. And if it was done right, if it was done with like a real, real attempt, it would be another simple, small, dark ride that Fantasyland mm-hmm. really hasn't seen done in a couple of years. I will say to build it only on the condition that Haunted Mansion Holiday never happens and that they add a Christmas Town scene. But yeah, the the mm. idea of Haunted Mansion Holiday being erased from existence, it's good enough for me. It's good enough for me. <laughs> so that'll do it for us for our 2021 for the full episodes of Unbuilt. We have one more special treat for you next week. But uh, and you, you've been alluding to it for a little I bit. I couldn't help myself. I, yeah. I, I was... <laughs> I'm so eager to talk about it. Yeah, but we will be rolling out the TV on the tray next week (laughs) for a little winter break fun day. 
In the meantime, please follow us on social media on Twitter at UnbuiltPod. You can reach me at Open Mother's Mail and Ryan Dorman at Open the Dorman. Feel free to email us at UnbuiltPod at gmail.com and rate us on Stitcher, iTunes, and Anchor or wherever you find this podcast. Please write a review. You have all this Christmas to do so and would love some reviews. That helps us get found by the algorithms. Mm -hmm. Tell us how we're doing. And if you don't like us, thank you for listening to the Defunct Land podcast. I'm Kevin Perger. Happy holidays, everyone. Happy holidays. Netflix is making a movie about the grandma who mistakenly invited a stranger to her family dinner. Okay, wow. Um, (laughs) Are you recording? recording. (laughs) Yeah. I thought you were still waiting. I, I okay. no, I was just about to start recording. Okay, so <laughs> just edit this out. Oh, this is going to the end of the episode. <laughs> <laughs> All right.